0: Welcome Kevin from BT. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much, everybody. I'm going to speak for the first few minutes with, without slides, and then when I get on to actually explaining our... I'm just checking. I know where the clock is. But when I get on to explaining our NetGood program, I'll, I'll move on to some slides. So for the first couple of minutes, you've just got me to look at, I'm afraid. Um, so Kevin Moss, I'm with British Telecom. I, I, my job title is Head of NetGood, and I hope the reason for that job title will become clear by the end of the time I'm speaking. I would look after what we traditionally call environmental sustainability for BT corporate, for for all of BT's operations, so I'm part of our our group or our corporate organisation. BT, that's British Telecom, in the U.K., where what you might think of, if you're American, as the equivalent of Verizon or AT&T. We have a, a, a large number of market sectors in the U.K. Outside the U.K., I actually happen to be based in the U.S. myself. Outside the U.K., we sell services to predominantly global multinational customers, helping them set up their global telecommunications, IT, computer networks around the world. Um, I'm going to start with a few minutes on on our history of metrics, particularly around the area of carbon. We've been measuring our energy usage and our carbon emissions for our own operations since about 1992. We've had various targets over that period, certainly through the first period, sort of the first decade. We were setting up annual targets, targets two or three years ahead for trying out a combination of energy and carbon-type targets. We set a, a long-term target in 2006 for our UK operations to reduce our carbon emissions by 80% by 2016. We've actually just met that target about two years ahead of schedule, predominantly by um, a 2 to 3% year-on-year reduction in our absolute energy use plus a significant proportion of renewables purchase. In 2007, we set ourselves a target called our climate stabilization intensity target, which we are still running with. I am not going to go through that because that will take too much of my 15 minutes, and unfortunately, one of the downsides of that target is it takes too long to explain. And therefore, it hasn't actually had the amount of traction we would have hoped it would have had. In fact, I'll say recently it's had more traction than it had in in its first five years, thanks partly to Bill Bao and to uh, Mark Gunter, who have promoted it a little bit in their various writings. It is what I think we would call a scientific-based target, and it tries to establish the amount of carbon reduction according to avoiding um, catastrophic climate change and continuing as a company to contribute to economic prosperity. So that target still exists. It's for our global operations, and it's an 80% reduction in our carbon emissions per unit of value-add by 2020, and it takes another 10 minutes to explain it properly. In that same period, and particularly over the last two or three years, as we, we realized we were approaching reasonably safely our 80 percent absolute target, we 've been experimenting with product life cycle analysis with looking at the carbon emissions and calculating the carbon emissions of our supply chain of our products in life. i 'll come back to this, but that is I sell you a product, you take it home and you plug it in. It consumes electricity, but we are concerned about and have an obligation towards the, com- the carbon emissions due to that product. In life. And also about the abatement potential of our products. That is, I sell you a product and that enables you to avoid carbon emissions, the the motherhood and apple pie example being audio and video conferencing, enabling you to avoid travel, an abatement opportunity. So over that period, we have... Amassed a richness of information of the different ways of looking at our carbon footprint, but have been struggle- had been struggling with a way to pull that together and get our arms around it. So you have a bit of product life cycle over here, a bit of supply chain over there, a bit of product in life here. It was, we didn't really have a way to articulate that internally, let alone externally, in a way that, we, that was holistic. So we were we took the opportunity of a restructuring of our entire corporate responsibility and sustainability programme under the heading of Better Future, incorporating our societal and our environmental aspects, and we created the net good programme to reflect our environmental activities. And within it is one particular goal, our net good goal, which we established as follows. We will help our customers reduce their carbon emissions by three times the end-to-end carbon impact of our business. So that was the goal. And we set the goal up. I've got Joe here nodding. I love an engaged audience. Then so please feel free to nod or shake your heads if you think this is good or bad. It, I like, it, it's, it's good for me. Um, so we set the goal up about a year and a half, two years ago. To be, to be honest, before we knew exactly how we were going to measure it, but we knew this was a goal we wanted to be able to strive for. Even if, you know, in some time in the future we might change the number, um, we, we, this was our starting point. Um, so this is how it works. There are two key differences between the way we me- were measuring our impact before and the way we are now considering our impact as a business. So the smaller circle on this chart, this sort of donut ring, which is actually sort of that that space sort of expanded, exploded a little bit, is what represents what I'll call our carbon burden, the entire business impact of Bt. It reflects three parts now. One of those parts, just one of them, and it's actually reflected by this 8%, is our own operations. So that represents the carbon footprint of our own operations as a business. That was the number we have historically focused on almost completely, and that has been reduced by about 80%. So that now reflects that number. The 64% is our upstream or our supply chain footprint. It's not just our first-tier suppliers. It's our second-tier and our third-tier and our fourth-tier and our fifth-tier, right down to getting copper out the ground conceptually at a mine. Um, And we we assess that not by adding up the the, the carbon emissions of each of our suppliers, but using a process called EEIO, Environmentally Enhanced Input-Output Analysis and which you can talk to me about in the break if you you want to. Um, So we've tried to get our, our arms conceptually around the entire part of our upstream, our supply chain footprint. And the 28% represents all of the equipment we've sold customers that is either BT-branded or part of what we call a managed solution that is now sitting on a customer premise consuming their electricity. And we've basically got combed through our asset databases, worked out the consumption of each individual piece of equipment, multiplied it by the number of pieces of equipment to work out what that footprint looks like. So that donut ring now represents a tenfold increase in our operational, in, in the footprint or the burden of all of the solutions we provide to all of our customers in the UK and around the world. Do we factor in what our employees spend their own income on in terms of their own footprint? No, but we do factor in the component of their footprint that is to do with their work, their business travel predominantly. But, and, and they're being in an office working for us. We don't factor in if somebody's going to the zoo at the weekend. If they, is, that, is, is that what you mean? Right, right. Um, so we, we factor in the, the work they do for us on behalf of running our business. Okay, um, the so the other so that's one key change. We've 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 taken this much broader approach to the to the footprint of running our business, and then the second change is the the three part or the net good part of this equation. So we've identified a subset of products in our portfolio. There are nine areas of our portfolio where our products and services help our customers reduce their carbon emissions. And that motherhood and apple pie example of conferencing instead of travel actually represents two of them. Audio conferencing and video conferencing are two of the nine. And there are seven others. And for each of those, we have a report or a case study that identifies how much carbon those products and services have helped our customers avoid. And we've multiplied that by the amount of that product or service we have sold. And that reflects how much we've helped our customers abate carbon emissions. Okay? So that's the idea of the the goal, and we are currently at one-to-one. That is, using that methodology, I can show you that we have helped our customers save about the same amount of carbon emissions. It's actually, the calculation got us to 1.02 to 1, so we are marginally on the positive side, but I I know, and I'm sure you can tell from from hearing the the methodology that there is some room for error in here, that about 1 to 1 is probably the most accurate way of of saying it at the moment. Mm -hmm. Kevin, what was the motivation and the decision process for taking on this goal? The motivation was we wanted to get more holistic in our approach, so we wanted to get our arms around all these pieces of information and find a way to bring them together into one place. And we wanted to move from a, a position that I'll, in retrospect, characterize as doing less bad, which has some, some motivational impact in the business, but a limited amount of motivational impact to the, this idea of doing net good. Um, holding the computer there, so I'm going to keep going. Sorry, that's we'll we'll, we'll keep going for now. So we've got to grow to this 3-to-1 and we're currently at 1-to-1. We're going to do it in a couple of ways. Partly we can do it by continuing to reduce our own footprint, but we've done our own operational footprint, I think to a pretty significant extent. We will continue to try and influence our suppliers, design our products differently. Um, I don't think we'll be able to get the same level of reduction in those areas as we've managed to get in our own operations. So the other thing we have to do, and really for me the biggest change in this, and the the most exciting part is we have to grow the portfolio of products that help our customers reduce their emissions this 3 times increase is not trivial the one includes our entire portfolio of broadband products and services, which if you can imagine, if you know, Verizon, Fios, our equivalent, and at and that's a massive part of our business. So I, we have to increase the portfolio of products and services that help our customers threefold. We'll do that in three different ways. We will continue growing those existing nine products and services... We will try and add existing services by coming up with case studies. There are some services which we are confident help customers reduce emissions, but we didn't have a good case study to quantify them. And most importantly, because this leads us to innovation, we will work with our business to try and add new products to the portfolio that they otherwise might not have thought of or been motivated to add to the portfolio to get us to the three. And these are the sorts of things that you would imagine an I company in the ICT sector is looking towards. So this helps move towards a position where our market-facing units are engaged in this program and in building products and services and developing conversations with customers that result in them creating requirements for our our technical and R&D people to develop and innovate around. Um, One last thing I'd just like to cover. We haven't done this alone. We did create it ourselves over a period of about a year. We then worked closely with two organizations to help us with it. The, The Climate Group... Who helped us with stakeholder engagement, working with customers, working with government individuals, and then working with various working groups, and including actually organising the launch event for us and a workshop to get feedback. And the Carbon Trust, who have reviewed, I think my, well, reviewed, refined, and um, endorsed the process. In fact, they made us take some products out, they changed some of the case studies. So this is now this is sort of endorsed by by the Carbon Trust. We've also published it all. Anything that's not competitive. Competitive means I'm not telling you my product volumes. But other than that, we've published the case studies, we've published the methodology, this is what it looks like, it's all on our NetGood website. Because we really want other companies to do it. Two reasons we want other companies to do it, and then I'm done. One is... Even if we were to be able to achieve three to one, and you know, I hope one day we might even do better, even if we're able to achieve three to one by ourselves, that would be a Pyrrhic victory because we'd have got there, but we'd still be heading towards catastrophic climate change. But also, I don't think we can do it by ourselves. I can't do this unless our customers are saying to our account managers... We have a net positive um, program. How can you help us meet it? And unless our suppliers are coming to us and saying, we have a net good, net positive type program, we need to help you reduce your emissions so we can put it on the positive side of our equation. So for us, spreading this out, letting people see how we've done it, seeing how other people have done it, maybe somebody will leapfrog me and embarrass me one day because they'll come up with a better number or a better methodology, but to me that's a, a sign of success. Um, So, what I'd like to ask you all to do is take this away to your organizations and think what would this, how could this type of approach apply to the organization you work for? Thank you very much.